Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Winston Churchill went to an assembly and he sat on the front row at the place of honor. And they walked him in. They had him sit down. He was older at that time. They had him sit down. And there were, there were men that were about six rows back. As he sat down, he kind of glanced at him. He turns around. And he sits there, and he hears the men behind. And here's what the men were saying. They said, hey, um, there's Churchill. I, I, they say he's going senile. Oh, yeah, I know. I've heard the same thing, yeah. And another guy said, hey, they, they say that he's kind of out of his mind. They do. They say that, yeah. Oh, I've heard the same thing. I've heard. Hey, they also, they also say that he's got mean in his old age. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As it goes along at the end of the event, as he's getting ready to leave, Churchill stands up and looks around and says, they also say he's deaf. And he walks out. The absolute toughest thing for a follower of Jesus, in my opinion, to do is to learn to control their tongue. Is to learn to control their, what they have to say. Is to learn to control what they say to other people. Is to learn to control how they have communication with other people. And James talks very specifically about this. Here's what he says starting in chapter 3, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Let's stop right there. I want to clear up something that a lot of people uh, have, have, um, they have misinterpreted in my opinion. Um, a lot of people take that to mean that at the day of judgment, that those, you know, you taught in the fourth grade Sunday school, I'm a preacher, someone else taught a small group. Well, God has a different standard or scale for us than he does for everyone else. And I want you to know that's not the truth. That's not the truth. We all fall short of who God is. We all fall short of the glory. We all will need Christ in the end to be the supplication between who God has for us to be and who we actually are, we're all going to need that bridge. And so if you've always read that and thought, well, man, there's no way I'm going to be a teacher, here's what that verse means. That verse means this. Be careful if you're going to be a teacher in the church because the people who go to the church and the people who know that you teach are going to probably judge you more harshly because they know that you do that. And so if you slip up, if you do something wrong, then they're going to say, I thought he was a preacher. I thought he was a teacher. I thought he was the, you know, children's pastor or the youth pastor or on and on and on. And so he says this, he says, be careful. And here's why. Indeed, we all make many mistakes for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn 
wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. You guys heard any grand speeches lately? I have. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord the Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and curses pour out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Let me pray. Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that you send it to us to teach us and guide us and help us become better versions of who you have in mind for us to be. Let us listen and learn and grow from it. In Jesus' name, amen. If I had to be honest with you guys, I would tell you this, that this area is probably the worst area for me uh, I will be honest with you guys. My mouth has gotten me in trouble before. Probably yesterday. Uh, okay, for sure yesterday. And suddenly everyone's starting to look at your spouses and your dad's going, mm-hmm. It's definitely gotten me in trouble. As a matter of fact, what I found is this. I found that the majority of people's sin starts, a lot of it starts as thoughts, but right when it goes from thoughts, it goes right into words. And those words are what really get the ball rolling for a lot of sin that we have. You know, the scripture later on is going to say in this, this, this uh, book, it's going to say, what is it that causes quarrels among you? What is it that causes these quarrels? Well, it's because you don't get your own way. And so you talk and you talk and you talk and you get angry. And that's what happens. And you get frustrated. And so you try to talk your way out of it. But what happens most of the time is we talk our way into sin. Here are some quotes I want to read for you. It's pretty difficult to put your foot in your mouth if you keep it shut. Okay, that's a good one. The tongue is the ambassador of the heart. The tongue is the ambassador of the heart. The best way to save face is to keep the lower half closed. All right, to keep the lower half closed. Words are like arrows. They can, lo- they can be love arrows or they can be poison arrows. And you decide which one that you shoot. I love this one. Listening is not waiting your turn to speak. Listening is not waiting your turn to speak. And finally, I have often regretted my speech. I have never regretted my silence. Never regretted my silence. I have a question for you. And when I find these questions, I oftentimes forget if I sent them to Lynn. I don't know if I did or not, but I hope I did. I did. Good. If you recorded all your words in a single day and played them back, what would you hear and what would it say about you? If you recorded everything that you had said on a daily basis, if you recorded those things and then you played it back at the end of the day, what would it say about you? 
Here he talks about how the tongue is something that simply cannot be tamed by our own human effort. The only way that you're able to to tame the tongue, you guys, is for Holy Spirit to come and to guide you and help you and to give you, you know, the scripture says that he'll provide a way out, to give you a way out in situations where you feel like that you are going to explode if you don't say something. I've got a friend of mine, this is so funny, I've got a friend of mine who, she has one of these dolls, okay? Now, the, the name of the doll is a cuss word, and I'm not going to say the name of the doll, but it's one of those dolls that you beat the living, you beat the death, all right? In order for you not to curse or not to uh, get angry, uh, you have one of these dolls, and what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to beat that doll to death, okay? That's what, that's what you're supposed to do. I'll just say, it's a dang it doll, but that's not what the real name is, and we're not going to talk about it here, but that's what it's called. And it's this ugly little doll, and it's kind of, you know, you kind of flip it. You can do it like this. Well, here's the situation. She was struggling really bad when she would drive. When she would drive, she would struggle. And so she, I mean, I'm talking about go off. And so you know what she did? She put one of those dolls right there in the corner side. And she told me, she, this is, she told me this two weeks ago. She goes, I'm sitting there driving. And I'm, he or she, I'm not going to say it was a lady, but it was. She says, I'm sitting here driving. I'm sitting there driving and someone cuts me off and I grab that doll and I go, and I don't say a word. And I told her, I said, well, I'm pretty sure no one thinks you're crazy or anything. Beating a dog going down 34. But that's what she does. That's what she does. So I looked at this text and I thought about it from various angles and I came up with a couple of things that I want to talk to you guys about today. And the first one is this on how we speak. Listen, you guys, we have to be careful of what we say. We have to be careful of what we say. We were told a lie growing up, especially those people that were my age and, and, and older, you know, around 40-something and older. We were all told a lie because here's what we were told. We were told this. We were told that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never hurt me. Names would never hurt me. Can I tell you guys something? There are therapy couches full of people who have been hurt by words. That was a lie that we were told to try to make us feel better. But the truth of the matter is, is that the words of other people, the words of other people has shaped our lives. If you think back right now, think back right now, the words of those people that you're closest to, the words of people that raised you, the words of people that were at your school, the words of people that were over you, maybe your teachers, maybe your pastors, maybe your friends, those words, whether you want to admit it or not, those words have shaped you and they have molded you into who you have eventually become. Now, you can choose to reject those words, and if those words weren't true, which a lot of words we were told weren't true, if those words weren't true, then you can reject those things. But the words that we've been uh, told about, those things, those labels that we have been, that, that people have put on us, those words that people spoke, those things have shaped who we are. One of the things that I try to do here at Real Church, both for myself and for you, is to have you realize that a lot of things that you were told weren't true. They weren't true. And the only people, the only people's words that matter in your life should be the, the person that created you. And that's God himself. It's God's words that matter more than anything else. And here's what I love about God's words. 
God's words trump every other person's words on earth. God's words and what he says about you, it trumps every other person, every other opinion. Let me tell you why most of the time when we are given words negative toward us, most of the time, let me tell you why those things sting, because they're given to people from people that are really close to us. And I want to tell you a little secret. Those people, those people that are passing those words down to you, most of the time, they had people that passed it on to them. And all they're doing is doing the only thing they know to do. That's all they have in there. You know, we call it, a, in counseling, you call it having tools. You have tools, and you pull out you know, a little toolbox, and you pull out these tools to deal with these various situations. A lot of people, the only tools they had were negative words, negative things. Toward, that's all they had. That's all they had. And they're pouring those things over to you. But I'll tell you what, it can stop with you. You don't have to continue that cycle. You don't have to continue to have people pour the next thing and the next thing and the next thing so that your grandkids' grandkids are still doing the same thing that happened to you. You can say, you know what, I'm going to choose to believe what God says about me, and I'm going to walk and operate in that more than I'm going to operate in anything that someone who... Um, hurt, hurt us. I want to tell you something. I heard this this week. We had a small group, and uh, we, we, it was such a great thing. It says, uh, hurt people hurt people. I want you to hear that. Hurt people hurt people, okay? And loved people love people. And you can choose. You can choose to stop. You can choose to make a difference. You really can. Can I tell you that I know lots of people that struggle in life? They struggle in life. And here's the thing I want you guys to know. They don't struggle. They don't struggle because they're not talented. And they don't struggle because they're not equipped. And they don't struggle because they're not qualified. They don't struggle because of any of that. They don't struggle. You know why they struggle? They struggle because of their mouth. They struggle because of their talk and their speech and their attitudes that flow right out that thing that's right under their nose. I want, to know, I want you to know something. You can't say everything that you feel. I want to say that again. You can't say everything that you feel. For me, there has to be some kind of Jesus filter. All right, are you with me? Some type of Jesus filter that is, I don't know where it is in here, but between my brain and my mouth, somewhere back here in this canal somewhere, there's a Jesus filter. Now, i got to be honest with you. Sometimes I take it out and forget to put it back in. All right, let me be real with you guys. And sometimes it gets so clogged up that it doesn't work. All right, but there's a Jesus filter. And we have to have a Jesus filter between what we say and what we, what we speak. We can't say everything that comes to our mind. And I know people that do that. I know people that do that. And I know people that do it and they don't even realize they do it. And they do it and they end up hurting people and they don't realize that they're hurting people. I want you to know that most people that speak and say things don't realize that they're hurting people. Some do, but most don't. Most don't understand that they're hurting people. You know, we uh, watched a video uh, of Louis Giglio and Louis Giglio, who's a famous pastor, he told a story he played tennis, and he, he told a story where his dad never got to come see him play tennis. And his dad was a very loving, loving, you know, he was a very loving person, but he, he never saw him play tennis. And so, because he worked a job where he couldn't get off. And finally, one day, it was gonna, they were going to go to the state championship, and they had, it was a doubles match. And so it was Louis Giglio's turn, and he looks over, and he sees his dad. He sees his dad standing there. His dad was standing up there, and he got kind of nervous. And so he comes up and gets ready to serve, and the first serve, wham! Way 15 feet out. And he was like, okay, I got one more serve. I got one more serve. 
wham, 15 feet out. And Louis Giglio told the story that he did that, he double faulted over and over and over and over and over again. He did. But they ended up winning the, the, and going to the state championship. They ended up actually winning the, the match. And so he was so proud of winning the match, even though he didn't do as well as he should have. And he goes home, and Louis Giglio told the story that his father's nickname from the time he was really little was Ace. Hey, Ace, what's going on, Ace? Hey, Ace, how you doing, Ace? He said when he walked in, he said his dad looked at him and said, Well, looks like we're going to have to change your name from Ace to Double Fault. And he said he knew his dad was joking, but deep inside of him, it really cut him. And he said, to the point where, my dad and I have a great relationship, he said. He said, to the point where, even now, I'm grown, I'm almost 60 years old, and even now, I play tennis with some buddies. And if I miss that first serve, I immediately go back to, I'm old double fault. 43 years earlier, it was said to him. 43 years earlier, it was said to him. Do you guys know that a 10-second comment can make trouble and harm for people for 10 years? 10-second comment can harm people for 10 years. And listen, I know you can apologize. You can. You can apologize. You can apologize. But I want to tell you something. Words are like a cigarette lighter, okay? Words are like a cigarette lighter. They will burn you. They'll burn you. And they can burn you. And eventually, that burn is going to heal. But the scar's still going to be there. And when you're putting on your watch, when you're getting dressed, when you're driving, you can still see that scar that's there. One word, two words can make or break That's why Proverbs chapter 18 says this, verse 21. It says that the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Another version says there is power, there is the power of life and of death in the tongue. We have to watch and be careful for what we say. We also have to watch how we say it. Can I tell you that? It's not just what you say. It's how you say it. Now, I know none of you guys have ever done this. I know none of you guys have ever done this. But for a long, long time, for a long, long time, whenever texting became famous, Wendy and I became professional texting argument people. Okay, we were professionals at it, all right? Uh, we would, I would text her something, and then she would text back, and then I would text back. I know none of y'all do this. I know you've never argued over text, none of that. But we were, you know, we did. We, we would argue back and forth. And finally, finally, one day, uh, I sent a text, and she called me. And I was like, well, you're not supposed to be calling me. We're supposed to be texting arguing. It's not really fun if you call, and, you know, what's the deal? She goes, what do you mean by this? I was like, I'll text you. No. Um, and so I told her, I told her what I meant, and, uh, and she, oh, okay, well, here's what I was meant to say. And that was it. Just some free marital advice to you. Don't text. Don't argue over text. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't argue over. Back in the day before text, you used to argue over email. Those were fun, too, because you had to wait for a while. You didn't see them typing. It was like, man, I wonder if she's going to get it now or in an hour. You know what I mean? Don't do that. Don't do those things. Listen, 
of what we say is the way we say it. It's body language and it's tone. Only 7% of the words, 7% of words, 93%. 93% is the body language we use and the tone we use. Only 7%, only 7%. I love social media because social media has these social media warriors. I don't know about you guys, but I found this to be the case. Social media has these social media warriors. And these social media warriors are this. Here's what they are. They're people that sit behind a keyboard, and they're real tough behind the keyboard, okay? They're real, they're hardcore behind the keyboard, okay? But here's what I figured out. The majority of people that sit on social media and pound out those messages would never in a million years say that to anyone's face. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. People that disagree with me on social media and come back at me, I know them. I'm like, I know you. I went to high school with you. You would never say that if I was standing in front of you. Why is that? Why is that? Let me tell you why it is. It's because when you're standing in front of someone and you're having to look them in the eye, you see their humanity. You're no longer this entity with a Facebook profile and a a name by it. You're not this entity. You're not this entity. You become a human being, and you become a person. And when you become a person, they will not, they will not say the things they said on social media. They won't say those things to you. And here's the truth of the matter. Neither would you most of the time of some things that you've said on social media, maybe some things that you've said in text. Listen, most people, when they see the humanity in people, most people will halt. We not only have to watch what we say, but in James's example, we have to watch how we say it. And finally, we have to watch who we say it to. We have to watch who we say it to, okay? We have to watch who we say it to. I have a friend of mine, and um, man, he loves letting everybody know what they need to know. He just does. He loves it. And one of the things, and we heard this the other day, it was really, I heard this, I thought this was really good. One of the things, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. If anyone says to you, I don't care what anybody thinks about you, they are holding up a sign that says, I care what you think about me. Okay? I don't care what anybody thinks about you. And then they, they, uh, um, they go on and, you know, they just go off. And I want to tell you this and tell you that and tell you this. It was so funny. I heard a pastor one time tell a story of a, of a guy. He did a little greeting thing after the service. You know, I, I usually stand back the door and say hi to people and stuff. And he was doing that. And this pastor, this, this other guy came up and, and he kind of knew the guys being kind of argumentative. And so he came up and he says, preacher, let me tell you something. Now, this never happens here, but, you know, preacher, let me tell you something. What you said was this, 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 and he went off. And the pastor goes, yep, you know what? I agree with you. And the guy goes, yeah, but listen, and he starts going off again. Yep, you're right. I agree with you. Guy paused for a second and, well, what about, I agree with that too. And the guy closed his Bible and dropped his head and went to look for the next victim of his assault. Some people, you guys, want to argue just for argument's sake. Some people do. It was how they were raised. It was how they are. Some people want to do that. Y'all, we have to earn the right. I want you to hear this. 
You have to earn the right to speak into others' lives. You have to earn the right to speak into others' lives. You have to earn the right to speak into their lives. You have to earn the right to, listen, you can't just go willy-nilly and start spreading out what you think everybody should do and this and that. And You can't do that. You have to earn the right to do that. You have to earn the right. You know how you earn that right? Through years of relationships. Through years of relationships. The other way you can earn that right is if someone comes to you and says, listen, I have an issue. I want you to give me your opinion on that issue. And then they are giving you permission. But you have to earn permission. You have to earn the right to do that. And a lot of people go and they just start, start talking to someone and giving all these things. And they don't have the right. I love what Dobson says about parenting. He says, request, request without relationships develop rebellion. Are you with me? Request. Asking someone to do something, telling someone this without relationship, that causes rebellion. And that's what it does to our friendships and our relationships that we have here, too. We have to, we have to earn the right to speak into others' lives. We have to watch what we say. We have to watch what we say. Here's why. Here's why. Because at its core... It's funny, I, I saw something this morning. I, I jumped on Facebook this morning. To, I was going to try to share that picture again, but I couldn't find it. So it's, it's on my page somewhere, I promise. But um, um, I jumped on Facebook and I saw someone talking about the scriptures. And I saw one person made a quote about the scriptures. And then right under it, there was another person that basically, a basic fact of the scriptures, they were saying, well, I don't believe that. Okay. Here's the thing I want you to understand about the scriptures, and here's the thing I want you to understand about truth, and here's the thing I want you to understand about talking to other people. Truth, by its very nature, truth, by its very nature, is not supposed to feel good. I want you to hear that. Truth, by its very nature, is not supposed to feel good. Truth, by its very nature, is supposed to sting just a little. It's supposed to sting. It's almost like, you know, I've got to get, I told my family, I got so sick last year with the flu, and I said, everybody's getting flu shots. Well, Blake and Wendy got flu shots, and I haven't. So I've got to go get the flu shot because I hate shots. So I'm going to go get a flu shot, and I dread that thing, man. I really do. Because when they're going to tell me, they're going to say, all right, roll up your arm, and, you know, and I'm not going to be able to walk. They're going to hit that arm, and I'm going to go, ooh. And for a day or two, it's going to be sore. But what it's injecting in me is something that hopefully will help fight off the flu. It's going to help fight off the flu. That's the way truth is. Truth sometimes hurts, but it's not meant, it's not meant to hurt. It's meant to heal. It's meant to strengthen. That's what it's meant for. And by its very nature, by its very nature, it's meant to hurt a little bit. The same is true for the scriptures. You may think, you may think that it's difficult. You may say, well, gosh, man, it's difficult telling other people about what God's word says. It's difficult. It, sometimes it feels like, sometimes it feels like it's very hard to tell people, you know, that certain things are sins. Or it's very hard to talk to someone about gossip. Or it's hard to talk. Can I tell you why it's hard? Because it's the truth. And truth is meant to hurt just a little. You can think of finding a, a diamond in the rough. Let me tell you something. It comes out beautiful in the end. But ask the diamond how hard it was to get chiseled on and chiseled on and chiseled on. The truth 
is meant to hurt. I want you guys to know this, and I'll end with this. It's a privilege to be able to speak into someone else's life. It's a privilege for someone to trust you enough to speak into their life. Don't take that privilege. Don't take that privilege for granted. And don't allow your own emotions to override that privilege and direct them the wrong way. We have to look at not only what we have to say, we have to look at how we say it, and we have to look at who we say it to. It's the reason why the text says that people can tame all kinds of animals and birds, but no one can tame the tongue. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for its healing power in our lives. Thank you so much for our... Um, Lord, just thank you so much that you, um, gosh, you, you, you direct us. And Lord, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's very difficult for us to, uh, to receive truth whenever we um, are in a situation where we need to hear it. Lord, your word says that wounds from a friend can be trusted. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Lord, let us be friends that are very careful in how we say things. Let us be people that are very careful with our words because we're representing you, not only to our families, not only to ourselves, but to the people who live and operate around us. Thank you for your word, Lord. We love you, thank you, and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and sing a final worship song. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.